First of all, just want to thank Melon for that amazing intro music. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. Kyle Gilmore is joining you, my, my lovely co-host, and I am Bill Montoya. Great to have you back. I know it's been a while since we've been on. Um, I feel like we've got three three episodes worth of page notes here. So what do you want to <laughs> yeah. jump into first? <laughs> um, I mean, I definitely think we need to dive, dive into uh, UW for sure. Um, obviously, a lot going on with the bowl bid. Uh, we did not... Um, Let's just say we did not end the the regular season on a high note. Uh, that's um, yeah, a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> it's, I actually I only got to watch highlights. I missed this game entirely. Um, kind of uh, glad that I, I did. wish I had. Yeah, no, I watched the whole thing, and the whole time I was just like, did did they forget to show up? I mean, it was bad. It was bad. It was. Um, so the game we're referring to is. The, the 30 to nothing loss to Fresno State. Um, I don't think it was super surprising that they lost that game, especially Fresno State was pretty much fully healthy. Uh, the only reason they had struggled at the beginning of the season was they were missing their, their starting quarterback for, I think, three games. So uh, they got off to a bit of a rough start, but they definitely played well at the end and ended up winning the Mountain West Conference Championship game against Boise State. So uh, it's, it's not a surprise that... Fresno ended up beating Wyoming. The The surprising part was how bad they beat them. Um, I don't think Wyoming has been shut out since, I think, 2018, and it was Fresno State that shut them out in that last game too. So um, I do want to, to put the caveat that Wyoming was missing their two top tight ends, which are play a huge part yeah. in their, their very small uh, <laughs> receiving game. But Trayton Welch and and Parker Christensen were both out. Uh, they they were missing wide receiver Alex Brown and Will Pelissier, and then they were missing running backs uh, Dwayne McNeely and DQ James. They were also missing two big weapons on the defense in Bertignoli. I probably messed that up real bad, and then Jacory Hawkins. So um, it wasn't a big surprise that they lost that game, but how bad they lost was was not great, and. Following the the loss, I think there was some some tough discussions there had, and ended up leading to uh, Titus Wen being dismissed from the program. So yeah. Wyoming ends up seven and five at the end of the season, and we just found out yesterday that they're headed to the Arizona Bowl, uh, presented by Barstool Sports in Tucson, Arizona, against the University of Ohio. So. I know you said you didn't get to see the game, but all those injuries, I mean, you probably saw that loss coming. Um, how, do, how are you feeling yeah, about just, the bowl game, for one, and then we'll we'll go into the rest? Um, I mean, it's always exciting to get the bowl bid. Um, f- for a program like ours, even just getting a bowl bid is, uh, you know, I mean, for me, that's a good season. Uh, going into it, if we can come back and – be mostly healthy then i mean i think we have a good shot at playing well in that bowl game um i think it's gonna be i mean when i say playing well i'm saying being competitive i think it's gonna be a pretty hard game to win but um i don't know i i mean if we come out healthy and say we play like the way we played boise state especially early in that game 
Um, I mean, maybe we stay competitive through a good chunk of the game and hell, I mean, weirder things have happened. Maybe we pull it off, but, um, yeah. It's, at the end of the day, I mean, you look at how we talked at the beginning of the season. I'll admit it. I mean, I was a pessimist big time. Um, I still a lot of things that bother me about the program, but um, all in all, they they outperformed my expectations. So yeah. I'll, I'll take it as a, a solid season. And that's the frustrating thing that we've been talking about all season is, you know, it got off to a real rough start in that Illinois game. And they yeah. didn't play well in that the first, I think, three games. And then they went on a nice a nice stretch where they won, you know, six of eight or whatever that stretch run was. Um, so, I mean, we were we didn't have great expectations going into the season uh, and ending up seven and five. We've talked about this several weeks in a row. If you would have told us that's how the season was going to end at the beginning, we would have taken yeah. it. But I, I guess we got our hopes up based on the play in there and then definitely got let down so um i i'm not super optimistic on the the bowl game in fact i think we're probably going to get boat raced by them as well just because we're obviously titus wins not on the team anymore uh neely's going to miss the game dq james is going to miss the game so we'll be on our fourth string running back and uh cobbs has left the program um yeah I'm trying to think who else. I've got it in the notes here somewhere, but I can't find it for some reason. Um, okay, here we go. Cam Stone, which is the, I mean, he was towards the oh, top yeah. of the conference in at corner cornerback play. Uh, he's transferring. Uh, Joshua Cobbs, which was, I don't know, he's probably our top two wide receiver. I don't know. I mean, at times he looked bad, but. He, he definitely has all the tools to be a top wide receiver in in the conference, and he's transferring out. And then Olu Omotosho, I probably brutalized that last name, but he's also leaving, and he was one of our young defensive linemen that really stood out. I think he had seven and a half sacks this season. So uh, he's already got offers from several major programs. So uh, it's, I mean, it's going to be a huge loss with just those three. And then, like I said, the, the three running backs that are no longer available for this game and that's all we can do in football so um i i don't have high hopes going into this game i i would love to make it down to tucson just because it's warm down there and you know the <laughs> beers flow loosely down there and and get to see the the team since we haven't get, gotten to make it out to a game yet this season uh but i don't think it's going to happen because it is on new year's eve so um We'll yeah. probably be headed to my parents' house for for that holiday. So overall, I mean, like I said, i i had I had some high hopes once we once we saw how they started to perform in the middle of the season. Uh, but definitely towards the end, it it did not end well. Um, the strange thing about the the Arizona Bowl that's coming up is Tom Berman was at the presser, but Craig Bowl was not. And typically the head coach yeah. is the one answering all the questions about the bowl game. Uh, and Tom Berman was standing up there, the athletic director, and he was taking all the questions and answering them for him. There was no explanation why Craig Bowl was not there. So there's tons of rumors sw swirling around this program right now. And e it's everything from Craig Bowl stepping down, Craig Bowl's being fired. Um, the, we do know that the director of player personnel stepped down um, and the rumors behind that were that um, Titus Wynn 
and other players got in Craig Bull's face after that Fresno State loss, basically telling him he's not a good coach and they're going to leave the program. And the director of player personnel, his name is Ian McGrew, they said that he stepped up for the players and, and agreed with them, and, and that caused the tiff, and that's why he's stepping down at, at the program. So none of this stuff has been confirmed, so I feel like it's – not the best thing to to bring it up but at the same time with everything that's swirling around you feel like there's got to be some truth to at least some of the things going on with the program and well and that's i was just gonna say that's the only thing i would say i mean you got to take it with a grain of salt but there's an issue there um whether we have all the details whether we have i mean there's a problem he has lost the locker room um for this to even happen because i mean let's call a spade a spade. Titus Swen was a huge part of our success. We leaned on him endlessly. Yep. Um, so for you to have your, I mean, your heart and soul of the team, let's just call it what it is for him to react the way he did. There's an issue there. What the details are, I'm sure it'll take time and it'll come to light. I mean, if, if, if bull is gone, then we probably know, that kind of convert confirms probably some things. Um, either way, I think the, the lot that he's lost the locker room uh, and he's definitely lost a lot of the fan base. I, I really, man, I hope we make a change at, at head coach. I would love to bring in somebody. Um, what's, what's the damn dolphins head coach. Uh, Mike Patano. Yeah. 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 Um, I would love for a young guy that relate, especially on the college level, a young guy to come in like that, that relates a lot better to a locker room. Yep. Um, the, his style, I think would translate well on this level. Um, I don't know. I think we just need some fresh air. If you even go back three or four head coaches with, with UW, we still have always had kind of that old guard approach to football. Um, which I mean, sometimes it worked, but I would like to see kind of a fresh approach brought into uh, War Memorial. But yeah, see what happens. Well, the last coach I think I really liked was Joe Glenn, and obviously, yeah, <laughs> didn't end well. But I mean, he had us now towards the top of the conference, and that's back when you know BYU and and Utah were in the conference. And we had some really good times under him a lot stiffer competition. So for him to put the team into bowl games back when he did, I mean, it was a lot more impressive than now when basically you have six yeah. games or you win six games, you get in a bowl game because there's so many. Um, and yeah, mm -hmm. like I said, there's not as much competition in the mountain West anymore. Now that the, those top heavy teams, TCU, Utah, BYU have all left the conference. So um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's past due for a time to change, but the thing that, scares me about it is obviously you're seeing other programs make make big splash moves and all that now's the time you got to do it so um yeah the the transfer portal already opened which is absolutely asinine that it opened before the playoffs even started uh, i mean you got players opting or entering the transfer portal as bowl game season is kicking off and i get that it's an exhibition game for for all these players and they don't need to play in it a lot of the top talent may may just skip the bowl games completely rather than risk injury in them to get yeah, ready for the NFL draft, a, things like that. But it's such a it's, disservice to the product. 
for sure. And I hate and to refer to it that way, but I mean that's what it is. That's what it is. So yeah, I mean you've got you've got coaching changes, you've got transfer portal, you've got bowl games right now. I mean it's it was not thought out well how all of this is going on at the same time because you have all this news of, of program changes and things like that taking away from you know the most important time of the season for for the advertisers and all that and that's bowl season so um what did you think about i i don't know i did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with the program before before you move on from it um no i mean that's about all i got on you dub oh i guess i did have one more note just that peasley said he's coming back um oh yeah and uh, I I think they should still look for an upgrade in the transfer portal. Not that any quarterback will want to come to a Craig Bull run <laughs> offense, um, but that's the other thing is I think Clemens, Jaden Clemens could be a a decent quarterback. I think he looks like he has the tools, but I don't know that I I see you know Craig Bull developing him. So you you may have an answer on the roster already, but you have to have someone that can actually turn those tools and and look. Well, and- Craig Bowl is great. He's a great recruiter. He's a great coach for the defensive side of the football. Uh, he's yeah. shown that he can churn through players that are, you know, been looked over from other programs and, and turn them into NFL prospects. We were already seeing it with uh, Easton Gibbs on, at linebacker. He's following that same tree of the Chad Muma and the Logan Wilson. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I guess we should say hat tip to him for making all all for, or first team All Mountain West. Yes. And then. Same thing with uh, John Hoyland, the the kicker for Mount, or the kicker for UW. He he also earned it. So, hat tip to those guys. And yeah, I think offensively we need someone, even if it means Craig Bull staying on. If he's willing to cede control of the offense to a bright young mind oh, yeah. as an offensive coordinator, I'm all for it because he can run a defense. Uh, he's shown that. So that I think that's the only no- note that I wanted to say on on the Wyoming football program. Uh, and then what did you think about the the playoff selection? Did you get to see who they picked to, to go into the playoff? I have not seen the actual picks. Okay. So we got number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, number three, TCU, and number four, Ohio State. TCU did end I'm up okay losing. In their conference championship game, so I was shocked that they didn't bump them and try to stick Alabama in because, you know, they got to get Alabama in every single season. And they even had (laughs) Nick Saban on the the broadcast during, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was the Michigan-Purdue game. They had him on during halftime to make his pitch why Alabama should get into the playoffs, which I think was absolutely asinine having him on in the yeah. middle of a play or in the middle of a, a championship game, but it's kind of disrespectful to everybody else. I would oh, say sure. that would be my only, only big surprise there. And Ohio state too kind of surprises me. Um, but I don't know. I like that TCU still got in. I think that they're, I think they had a pretty special season. Um, I think they will make, I think they'll play well. We'll see what happens, but. I'm also extremely biased, and anytime Bama doesn't get what Bama wants, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yep. Well, I like the matchups. I mean, we'll see right away if, so if Ohio I. State belongs because they're going to have to go up against Georgia, 
and then we don't have to yeah. see the rematch of uh, Michigan and, and Ohio State right off the bat. So we could have that rematch, but it would have to be in the in the playoffs or in the championship game. Uh, I did want to quick, quickly mention man. my dad. He he just commented and said, "Bull needs to go if they want to keep the star players of the team." <laughs> He's a pos, and I I couldn't agree more. I think here, here. They're, 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 I mean, Tom Berman even said we're. We're learning to deal with the transfer portal. It's here to stay. Uh, so it's going to be a new yeah. normal for us churning through churning through the roster. But I think every every offseason, if you're dealing with all your offensive players leaving the program and the only ones that want to stay on is the defense, you're going to have a tough time competing in this day and age in, in, in football because all the rules are slanted towards the offense. So if all you can do is defend the football, I mean, that's great. But if you can't score, just look at the Broncos. How's that working for them? Not well. Spoiler alert. Um, okay, uh, so you've got some new or some notes about your your Pitt Panthers. What do you got? Uh, just, I mean, they earned another bid. They put together another really good season. I think they ended up eight and five. Um, some crazy injuries. I mean, down to four string quarterback at one point during the season. Um, it just dealt with a lot. I mean, uh, Addison hitting the transfer portal in the off season was a big blow, which by the way, he went to USC and had a terrible season FYI. Um, but they're going to be playing UCLA, which I think is going to be a fun matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, but I, I got to give a shout out, man. Israel, uh, Abanacanda is this dude is unreal, man. Um, somebody's going to get, a hell of a running back in him when he does end up going to the draft. Um, is he eligible I mean, this year? Or of no? course. Um, I don't, I think it's next year. Okay. But it um, looks like he's going to be a stud. I mean, he, of course, everybody starts comparing him to Tony Dorsett because of obviously playing at Pitt, but he's putting up the numbers, which is crazy. He's, he's doing things that people have not done in a long time and especially at Pitt. So, um, he's fun to watch, man. He is awesome. Uh, and then, you know, speaking of the transfer portal, Slovis, it just got announced, I think today or yesterday that he's going to hit the transfer portal. So, um, I mean, the, the, the portal is really going to change things. Uh, if a player is not real happy with a season or doesn't feel comfortable in their spot, you're going to see these guys decide to make a move. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he was lights out. I mean, I don't think he was a Kenny Pickett. Uh, so I mean I don't think it's the end of the world, but it's just something to something to watch, see who we have at QB next year. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I mean winning the backyard brawl and then getting to a bowl game, and hopefully you know obviously winning it, I think it's another super successful season for Pitt. So yeah, uh, pretty exciting, and I really want to get out there and catch a Pitt game. I'd love to line it up, try and catch a Saturday and Sunday game, but well, when you make that doesn't happen, happen very often. <laughs> right um so a couple other notes and i do think that they should make a change to the transfer portal where uh what what a lot of these guys are doing is if they're not happy with their role on the team they're asking to be redshirted so they don't give up a season um so i think one thing that could help with with all these guys jumping ship is if they reinstituted that um one year where they had to sit out a year if they decide to to transfer um not not necessarily to punish the kids. 
and I would put one caveat to that if if the coach is leaving the program or something and they want to follow him or if they want to go to a different school because of a coaching change then for sure they can play that next season but um if if they're just transferring because they're not happy with their role in the program I feel like they should have to sit out a year especially if they're going to a team that's in the same conference or or something similar to that but uh, I did want to mention Utah did beat USC in the Pac-12 championship game, which knocked USC out of the playoff. They were ranked number four, which is how Ohio State slipped in there. So that was good to see. Um, My dad pointed out that um, USC is actually leaving the Pac-12. I forgot that they're doing that next season. So it's good that they got knocked out, and, and Utah was the one that gave them that chef's kiss to get them the hell out of the conference. But... Uh, they didn't deserve to be in it after seeing how they played on on defense. No. Uh, their defense, I mean, they couldn't tackle anyone in that Utah game. And my dad did say that Whittingham should win Coach of the Year. And I think if um, – oh, shoot, yeah, Cam Rising. He put together a hell of a season. Oh, he did. And if yeah, Cam Rising doesn't he? get hurt in that uh, USC game the first time they matched up, I, I think they'd have two less losses on their record and probably make it into that playoff even. Uh, they really had an Is incredible okay? season. Is he okay? Yeah, he's fine. He, he took finished a nasty that game, so. hit in that game. He did, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I think know, he sat man, out of play. That was brutal. And, yeah, knocked his helmet clear oh, off his head. Ugly. <laughs> he, yeah, he set out one play, and then he came right back in, or maybe they called a timeout Tough so he kid. didn't have to sit out of play. But he's he's a very tough dude so that's why when they when they ended up having to sit him for a couple games I was kind of surprised that he sat out but I think he had a pretty serious knee injury to to miss a couple of those games so yeah um but with that being said I think just a couple other news and notes from around college football before we jump to the NFL and that is um Matt Rule ended up going from Carolina to Nebraska and I actually called this I think three four yes, weeks ago i can't remember it was when Logue was on with me and you you were on night shift but uh Logue yeah. asked me where he thought i th- or where i thought matt rule was going to end up and i told him i think he's going to go to nebraska so that was a, a month in the making and just wanted to give myself a little pat on the back for that one <laughs> and then where'd he go bill <laughs> uh Deion sanders i think shocked a lot of people Ooh. Uh, he ended up leasing, leaving Jackson State after leading them to back-to-back conference champions or championships, and he is now going to Colorado. So uh, I've never, I was never I a fan of Deion Sanders. Man. Yeah, it's huge for for him and for that program. But like as a player, I was never a fan of Deion Sanders because I don't like the guys that you know constantly run their mouth. But as a coach of programs i mean he everything he touches turns to gold and it seems like he genuinely cares about his guys uh, and yeah. i loved his introduction introductory speech to colorado i don't know if you if you got to see it oh dude a doozy yeah he's awesome man i i love him as a coach he's he is a uh how do i want to put this I mean, he, he is so good at inspiring young men. Like the the dude gets people so fired up. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I wasn't a huge fan of the antics as a player. I mean, we grew up with him, you know, kind of being a huge deal. Um, I just I love him as a coach. I I think it's going to be huge for Colorado. Yeah, I mean, they've been an absolute joke in the Pac-12 for since they've joined it essentially and i mean the program the last time 
The last time I remember Colorado, I was just going to say the last time I remember Colorado even being relevant or exciting was, God, I don't don't want to say it was like, yeah, like I wanted to say I was still in school. Yeah, I remember, (laughs) Um, I mean, I lived in Nebraska in the the 90s and early 2000s, and that was a, a huge rivalry game that was always competitive and that was yeah that was back when nebraska was in their heyday and that's the last time i think colorado's been good i mean they left the pack or they left the mountain west conference and i think they were just kind of a an add-on with with utah going to the pack 12 and yeah they they've Mm -hmm. been awful i mean i think they were literally one of the worst teams in college football this season so i think he's going to give them an instant boost i mean he's already pulling in top talent at offensive coordinator i can't remember who he signed but someone from kent state the head coach i believe um and he's going to bring a lot of the players that he recruited jackson state with him a lot of those guys were highly touted recruits and um, there's already been reported 200 plus um 200 plus players interested in possibly transferring to colorado to join him so that's what i mean man It's going to be an interesting shift in college recruiting, especially in the mountain region. I mean, I think Utah, for the most part, has pretty much – Utah and BYU has dominated that area in getting all the recruits. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to hurt Wyoming a lot too because Wyoming's been recruiting a ton of Colorado players to their team. So um, anything else college football-wise before we move on to the NFL? Um, I don't think so. Uh, just, I'm really excited. I was talking off air with Bill, um, speaking of Utah, they did kind of a mock, um, you know, what if playoff scenario had the, the new playoff system been implemented and, uh, Utah, according to this one lineup actually would have been playing Alabama. Um, and we were just kind of talking. It's, that's why I'm excited about that. The expanded playoffs because I mean, it's like Nick Saban going on there and talking that playoff then provides this put up or shut up situation. Um, You don't get that. Well, it's because it's Bama. They should be there. It's, it it opens up all these extra spots and these extra opportunities for other teams to show, show who they're made of. And we also talked about, you know, Utah's season. um, When I can't remember what year it was, when they were just unreal. I mean, they should have got the national championship bid and didn't. Um, yeah, I think that was 2009. That sounds like right. 06, 09, I can't remember. Back when but they that's why Alabama. I'm excited about that playoff is teams like that will then have an opportunity to, you know, go into this, you know, it, it, I mean, it's sweet 16 type situation where, you know, you know, the, the no name teams can come in and, and show what they're made of. Cause there really was never any opportunity before. So um, yeah. that's the last thing I would say is I'm just excited about that. I can't wait to see it happen. No. Oh, and then I guess I should mention that after the Arizona bowl, we're going to try to get Eric Polly back on to do his season recap and, and kind of go over how Absolutely. his thoughts on, on his first season as a sideline reporter for Wyoming and, just kind of direction of the program, all those kinds of questions. So we'll be excited to have him back on when, whenever we can get that scheduled up. And then I should have said at the top of the program, we are looking to do a couple of the community spotlight bonus episodes where 
we're planning on having a, a couple of our friends on that are are doing exciting things in the uh, Sweetwater County and and beyond. So uh, we'll we'll get those scheduled Absolutely. up, barring Kyle's schedule essentially. So we'll we'll get them in there. <laughs> yeah, when we can. Yeah, <laughs> new baby and all that fun stuff, and get back to work. Oh yeah, it, it's a little difficult, but all right. So moving on to the NFL, got a couple. I, I don't know. Do you want to just go into your Steelers first, and then we can do the news and notes at the end? I'm um, sure. I can make mine pretty quick. Uh, I mean, it's kind of been – this is what I wanted to see out of the Steelers, obviously, was some form of an improvement. Um, I had already said I hit that point where I didn't really care how the season turned out. I wanted to see progression. Um, and we we played Indy last week on Monday night, and then we played the Falcons this week. And – this is what I was talking about. I I have always felt like Pickett had something. You could see it. He's never flustered. Um, I never feel like the moment's too big for him. Um, I'm really excited. And and as these last few games have come along, and I'm more than aware that it's Indianapolis and Atlanta. I know they're not top-tier teams. But he is progressing on the way that he's playing, and he's not making the same mistakes more than once. And that's something that's super important for a young quarterback. Um, so I'm, I'm riding the picket train. I'm super pumped. Um, that indie game, he was starting to get George Pickens involved, which I think is going to be the future of this team. Um, if Kenny Pickens, Fryermuth, and, um, Najee can all get going, this offense is going to be pretty deadly. Um, everybody else can just get, you know, filled in, but, um, I don't know. It's good to see. I mean, we're finally putting up some points, so I, I will take it. Um, so as far as the indie game, it was I, was I was pretty happy with that, obviously, seeing the George Pickens thing going. But the Falcons game is where I got really excited. Um, Najee was running good. Fryermuth had a huge catch and just monstered his way down the field. Huge play. I absolutely love that guy. Um Anybody who's watched this or listened to me talk knows how big of a fanboy. I mean, I was I was higher on him than I was on Najee Harris in that draft. I was so pumped to pick him up. And um, there's a reason everybody's compared him to Heath Miller. I mean, you know, as far as the city and things, uh, I think he's going to be an asset for the next 10 plus years. I absolutely love him. Um, and then lastly, I, I got to throw I got to throw this out there. I thought it was pretty special, but um Baby Hayward, as we like to call him, uh, Cam Hayward's little brother, our third string tight end, got to catch his first ever touchdown against Atlanta, which is pretty special because that's where their uh, Cam and Connor's dad, Craig uh, Ironhead Hayward, played. Um, so that was pretty special. And then Cam had his post game interview wearing his dad's jersey. So uh, just kind of a special day for the Haywards. Um, you know, it's just kind of that wholesome hits you in the fields type stuff. So it was, it was really cool. Uh, and then lastly, just the defense is finally playing, you know, Steelers defense the way they should be playing. We had some rough outings. I know TJ was out and, you know, I mean, Minka was out. We had a bunch of, a bunch of defenders out, but at the end of the day, it's gotta be next man up and we finally are playing a little better. So I'm hopeful about the transition into next season. And I think we can build off what we got going here. It's kind of like the bull situation. I still want Canada gone, but um, as far as the player personnel, I think we have a good core here. We need to get some linemen and some things, but things are looking good. 
Ben called out a Najee Harris stiff arm. Did did you see the one he's talking oh, about? I don't even know why they called it a stiff arm. He literally like pile <laughs> drives like a, him into the ground yeah. and somehow stays up. Like a stiff arm is out. Like he slammed him into the ground. He bounced him like, like a damn basketball. Oh it was insane. My God. I was just like, dude. I put a smile on my face. Oh, man. It's crazy to me. I mean, we've talked about this all season, how similar our teams are playing. And it's like every week they're they're usually the same record at the same time or or within a game. So it's we'll continue that trend and I'll, I'll get to my Raiders. I've got quite a bit to talk about with them just because. Two weeks, no, three weeks ago, we were talking about how they're dead, and I, I still don't think. I mean, like I said, I don't want to say that they're they're not making the playoffs until it's statistically impossible, but it's it's a very long shot. I think it's still like seven point five percent chance of making the playoffs after winning three in a row, um, but they have been showing some good signs. Uh, Josh Jacobs had a historic day against Seattle. Went for three hundred and three scrimmage yards had the walk-off 86-yard touchdown in overtime, uh, basically was untouched on that play. So great blocking by the offensive line to spring him. Uh, They had to double uh, Devontae Adams all game, and that was the reason why that safety was... uh, He was was so worried about Adams that he stayed on that side of the field until it was too late for him to get over and, and play, make that play on Jacobs, and by then he was already gone. So it was... uh. I got a comment... I got a comment on that play. I always laugh at these plays and it it always seems like they're an overtime play. And I don't know why, but I always, in my head, I want to know what that player's thinking. Like, are they so wide eyed when they hit that second level and there's no one between them and the ends? Like, I just feel like I would panic and trip. Like it's not supposed to happen that way. The old turf monster. The whole field was wide open. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy. It's crazy that that happens in overtime so often. It was crazy because it was almost to the exact day that uh, Bo Jackson had his walk-off touchdown in in overtime in Seattle. So it was very, very similar to that one. Um, But the whole game, I mean, they went down, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, they're still in it. I didn't – I mean – at this point in the season, I've, I've kind of just been resigned to, I'm just going to enjoy the game, watch for growth, yeah. look for positives to take out of it, and, and hopefully we continue it. to, yeah. <laughs> and and so the fact that they, you know, Seattle's obviously in the playoff hunt in the NFC, so I wasn't expecting to win the game. Uh, but yeah, Jacob's coming, I mean, he, he was limited all week in practice with the calf injury, so there were questions if he was even going to be able to play in this game and for him to go off for 303, um, just insane. And the defense, I mean, it's still not good, but they've been playing really great in, in key situations, especially in the Seattle game. I'll get to the Chargers game here in a little yeah. bit. Um, but Chandler Jones has been a lot more consistent in that game. He had a, a couple pressures and a big fumble recovery. Uh, Trevon Merrig, he had a really good uh rookie season and then this this year he's pulled back quite a bit and and it looked like he was probably having that sophomore slump but in the last couple games especially against seattle and 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 the chargers he's been playing really well um, and played really well in denver in fact he let two picks 
easy picks go right through his hands. So he needs to work on his hands yeah. a little bit, get on that jugs machine, and, and we'll be talking a little more positive about him going into the offseason, uh, talking about that third, that junior season. Uh, and then Max Crosby, my God. This guy oh. is absolutely taking over games. Um, I, I think he uh. – I know no one's going to talk about him as defensive player of the year because – uh, who he's playing for and, and their record right now. But if they continue to stack these games together and at least get into the possible playoff push, I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't be play defensive player of the year. I mean, he leads the league in, in tackles for loss, total tackles as a defensive lineman. Uh, he, he was fourth in sacks with 10 and a half. This was after the C, the Seahawks game. Yeah. Um, and then one off the lead in non sacks for tackle for loss slash run stuff. So he's playing fantastically top five on both sides both pass rush and run stop uh, and that run stop you, is including defensive not. tackles so yeah I, I mean i don't know how you can't you, not be in his corner too i mean yeah i'll I mean, never i'll never stop talking about his story like he's, oh, he's literally yeah. such a cool redemption story i mean his life was circling the drain um i mean i know we've talked about it before but um I just love seeing someone like that see the success that he is now. For sure. Uh, and, and he's that guy, too. He's he, smile on his face. He's having a good time. He's, um, I mean, team first. Like, I just, you can't not love Max Crosby. Like, he just is unreal. Well, and since he became clean, I mean, he's literally that guy that, is the, the first person there. He's the last person to leave. You yep. see his effort on every single play. The guy never comes off the field, and he's always oh. in the backfield, whether or chasing down a running back that got past the the, the defensive line. I mean, the guy is relentless yeah, in, in every sense of the word, and it's it's great to see. And now he's a father, so I'm sure he has even more to, awesome. to be more of a role model for. I mean, he's just a, an impressive guy. And now we'll move on to the, the Chargers game. Um, they, they got off to a rough start. I mean, they, they gave up a, a 10, nothing lead. Um, and Derek Carr looked like he was probably going to start to regress to that happy foot guy. I mean, the offensive <laughs> line was, was holding up. I mean, they didn't allow a pressure or a sack all game, I think. Um, so I don't know why he was, you know, so finicky at the beginning of the game, but he had that pick six, uh, that put the, the charges up six to nothing. And, Quite honestly, it, it should have been negated by a defensive pass interference, and they threw the flag, but then they somehow waved it off, yeah. uh, even though the defensive back, I think it was Adderley, if I remember right, literally had his hand on the back of Max Mac Holland's head, pushing it into the turf before, yeah. before he had touched the ball. So I don't know how that got picked up. But anyway, defense played very well. Uh, Brandon Staley made another questionable fourth Fourth down call, they had it on the, I think it was the Raiders 20 after a fumble by Josh Jacobs. And rather than taking the three points guaranteed, he opted to go for go for it on fourth and two. Chandler Jones made a huge stop tackling Justin Herbert right before the line to gain. Um, so that ended up costing the, the Raiders zero points on that, that Josh Jacobs fumble. Um, and speaking of Chandler Jones, Guy had three sacks in the first <laughs> half, game. as well as that fourth down stop. And then he had quite a few more pressures, just missed another sack as well that ended up uh, 
Isaiah Palamo, I think is how you say his name. He's a safety we've had on the practice squad all season. Uh, he got called up when they let go of jo- Jonathan Abram. Um, he ended up getting the sack that Chandler Jones just missed on. So huge game by Chandler Jones. We've been talking about it all season. Where is he? Why is he not getting any plays in? And he finally breaks through. Obviously, it's against a pretty suspect Chargers offensive line that's that's pretty banged up at this point in the season. But, I mean, you look for, for building awesome. on this. I mean, he's getting he's been getting pressures three weeks in a row. It's just now he's getting home. So if if we can count on them not being able to double Max Crosby every time because they now have to worry about Chandler Jones, and then you're talking about Belial Nichols up the middle, he's starting to get a ton of pressure. Jerry Tillery, who they just got off the Chargers – um, they cut him, I think it was three weeks ago. Raiders got him on waiver claims. He's been a huge addition to that interior defensive line in terms of affecting the passers. So I think all that bundled with getting uh, Hobbs back, I mean, that's huge for that defense. And you're starting yeah. to see the guys understand the, the plays and where they're supposed to be. Uh, it's not like they're they're winning these games against bad bad offenses. I mean, Chargers have been towards the top of the league in offense the last couple seasons. Um, and then you you had the Seattle Seahawks. Gino Gino's looked like a damn MVP all season and he looked pretty good in that game too. Playing lights but, out, man. But they made plays when they needed to and, and they ended up winning that game. So I think <clears throat> obviously it's it's probably a little bit too too late for them to to make the playoffs this season, but it's great to see Josh Jacobs having the best season of any running back in the league right now. And then you have Devonte Adams and Derek Carr getting on the same page. And I mean, Devonte Adams has, I think 1300 yards, 1200 yards, something like that through 12 games. That's hundred yards a game. That's better than he was doing with Aaron Rodgers last season. Uh, he's got yeah. 12 touchdowns. I mean, the dude is just an absolute game changer. And then once they get Hunter Renfro back and, Quite honestly, I don't know if we're getting Waller back, so maybe they'll trade yeah. him in the offseason. I mean, he's literally done nothing for them this season. So um, I hate to go down that road because, I mean, I know the excitement was there for having those three in, yep. in your receiving core, but I would rather have I mean, Jacobs. If you could make a move, yeah, if you could make a move with Waller and keep Jacobs and find some kind, I mean, maybe offensive line, I don't know. Um, That's the crazy if you could thing. make something work. I was going to get that next is the offensive line. I mean, we've talked about it all season, how suspect they've been. Let's, let's just say the last five weeks, I think their pass blocking has been top five in the league and yeah, their run blocking has been solid all season. So the job that they've done with that offensive line, turning a bunch of patchwork guys into a, I would, I wouldn't say top, but a competent starting offensive line. And maybe it's the maybe, dream. I mean, yeah. I was just going to say, every team tries to do this. I mean, I would say you have, I don't know, five, six teams in the league that have solid, really good line, you know, five linemen. Yep. And then every other team is trying to do this, and most of them don't. Yeah. (laughs) So it's nice seeing it happen. It's very cool. It's just like we were talking about all season, your offensive line, our offensive line. And it seems like it's actually worked pretty well for, for both teams. Yeah, they haven't been as bad. So it, it's been a positive development. Obviously you got to give a hat tip to the guys on the team, but you got to give a hat tip to Ziegler, the GM and, and 
McDaniels and, and his offensive line coach, I, Carmen Brasillo, I think his name is. I mean, they we were all laughing at them at the beginning of the season saying, how are you going to do anything with this offensive line? But it's turned out well, and as of right now, I mean, they were rotating guys in and out. Right now it seems like they have a, a, a solid starting five. I mean, Colton Miller, he literally shut down um, Mac the entire game. Mac didn't yeah. have a single pressure that entire game. So very impressive from him. Uh, and and I think that's all I had with the, the Raiders. So we'll move on to – let's move on to your division, and that is the Cleveland Browns. We had the return <laughs> of Deshaun Watson. and Oh, man. It's still really hard for me to even stomach him being on a football field, um, especially this season. Um, he played like I'll ass. Tell you what, so I'll tell you what makes it easier. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what makes it a lot easier to stomach seeing him on a field. Um, the only thing that would have made it better, obviously, was them losing that game. But the crowd's reaction to him taking the field is something that makes me very happy yeah. uh, because I think it is the response responsibility of fans to you know draw a line in the sand on these things i'm not saying we have the impact that we wish we did obviously he's on the field but um to see the reaction that he had in that stadium was pretty special Um, to have him not play well when jacoby's been playing pretty decent for the browns yep um i would like to see this continue the rest of the season not just because it's the browns but um I don't want to. I would. I don't want to see Deshaun Watson have a prosperous career moving forward. So, um, had their yeah, defense like, not stepped up huge, um, they would have lost that game. You'd you'd like to see his contract go about as well as Russell Wilson's is going currently. <laughs> but perfect. Um, I'll take it. No, it, it's. I mean, the Texans definitely let him off the hook. Their their offense is yeah. awful. Uh, they had the the return touchdown on a punt. Uh, they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown on the goal line. I don't know. I mean, Kyle Allen yeah. tried to sneak it out of the end out of his own end zone and fumbled it right to the linebacker. He turned and took it for a touchdown. And then I think there was a pick six in there as well, if I remember right. So the defense scored three touchdowns. Um, it was just a, a poor offensive performance, really. I mean, I have Nick Chubb on my fantasy team, and I wish they would have started Jacoby Brissett because he was doing very well with him. But uh, Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a really, really bad performance by Deshaun Watson, and it kind of gets missed because, I mean, it still looked like a dominant performance by the, the Browns because they were playing the Texans. What kills me about this is – if I was the Browns organ for one, I mean, they're idiots, but if I was the Browns organization, I would be so mad. Think about the money you just paid this man. And think about what Jacoby Brissett came in and did for you. Yeah. And you could have just had Jacoby Brissett. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, to be I, fair, their ceilings are not even close, but no, I agree. And that's but the thing. Think about I feel what like, else they could have done with the team. Yeah. They, they could have, you know, at the very least, they could have just said, Jacoby, this is your year. Do what you can do, and we'll move on to Deshaun at the end of the season. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what – I mean, NFL shouldn't have put it in their hands to do that. I, I feel like he should have been out at least one season, if not more. But 
with with that being their decision essentially making a quarterback change in week 13 i don't know if that's the the brightest idea that's rough that's rough on a team too all right so your Bengals, your Bengals. i didn't mean to say it like that for division i guess yeah Uh, your division no i mean with the Bengals, they 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 right at the ship that's for sure yeah again do you think they take the division uh, I think so. I, I really yeah. do. I think Baltimore's faltering, um, which is kind of what they've been doing. I don't think they're that great of a team anymore. Um, um, I hope Lamar Cleveland just circles the drain. Yeah, that doesn't help. Uh, but, I mean, it, they're getting um, – oh, my God. Jamar Chase back, or I guess they got Jamar Chase back. Yep. So, I mean, that's a huge bonus to this team. And they were playing pretty well without him. Um, I mean, I, I hate to see him do well, but they, I would, I would, as much as I hate to say this is I would rather see them there than the chiefs. Um, I'm very much over the, the, the chiefs show, um, just the things they're able to do. I just feel like it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, uh, I don't know. I think Burrow he bothers me on a lot of levels, but what he's been able to do there has been pretty impressive. Uh, and that team, that team has been built pretty well. There's, it's not your typical superstar approach to everything. Yes. I realize players have come in and transitioned into the so-called superstar roles, but um, they, they developed that team very organically and it's, it's obviously worked. So I, I'm, Honestly, I think they might be the team to beat in the AFC right now. Um, That's what I was going to ask. The Bills, you. the Bills are kind of letting me down a little bit. I know they've had a lot of injuries and some issues, and um, they're just not as dominant as I thought they would be up to this point in the season. They're um, back, and the Chiefs, I, I know, <laughs> but still, um, well, they're finally. I mean, they're finally. You know, at this point in the season, they're finally putting their completed product on the field. Um, but it's neither here nor there. Um, I don't know. I, I do think Cincinnati is probably the team to beat right now, whether they end up, you know, first seed or any of that kind of stuff. It's not what I'm saying. But um, right now, they're who I wouldn't want to run into in the playoffs. For sure. Um, I think... They're probably the hottest team in in the AFC right now. I think they've won eight of their last ten after starting with two. So, um, yeah, I and three and zero against the Chiefs all time for for Joseph Burrow. So pretty good there. Yeah, that's a big big deal. <laughs> and it's not like that's against some some cheapies. Those are all Patrick Mahomes, no. Andy Reid led Chiefs. So. Yeah, and um, one of those was a pretty important playoff game last year. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So. Um, I think the only other thing I was going to ask you about your division was Baltimore, but I think we kind of covered them. They're not defense isn't what it used to be. Uh, yeah, I just, they did not lose, the team they once were. They did lose Patrick Queen at least for that last game. I didn't see what his official injury designation was. If they've announced anything yet, but losing him would I be didn't huge. See it either, but uh, Lamar's he's week to week saw that defense. Yeah, and then they they have Tyler Huntley, and then they signed um, Hundley, Brett Hundley. So they've got the law office of Huntley and Hundley on the team there. That's going to be confusing. Um, so it's I, like picking, pickings, whatever. That's the thing that makes me angry about this whole thing is 
you guys are going to end up with probably two getting in. Because yeah. I, I would guess Cleveland's too far out, even if Deshaun Watson plays well. I don't think you guys are going to go on a huge, huge run. I mean, you are Unless playing we better. we go on a but... wild tear, I mean, we're going to, I mean, we'd have to really ramp it up week to week to week and keep yeah. it. I mean, I'd love to see it happen, but I'm so also. I'm, I'm guessing Baltimore and, and Cincinnati will come out of your division. Um, obviously we could see i mean huntley didn't do he played well last year but they they lost games when he was starting so maybe they slide out of the the playoff picture i don't know but it it's going to be interesting to see how that division turns out i think you guys are going to end up right around where i predicted you at eight and nine or something like that i think cleveland's going to have a tough time winning any more games um yeah so it's going to be interesting but Baker Mayfield, nope, let's go to Jimmy G first because then that'll play into to Baker Mayfield. But Jimmy G, yeah. they said he's out for season, although they they thought his Lens Frank bone in his, in his ankle was broken, and it sounds like it may not be, so they're still waiting word on that. But it sounds like he's probably out for season either way. Um, do you think the 49ers can, can do without him? I, they have a great offense. In, in terms of the rushing game, what they can do with Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. They've got Debo Samuel. They can do all kinds of things with him. So. I mean, I think they can be successful. I mean, I they have a lot of weapons, but... And they have that defense. The defense is probably I mean, the, the number one yeah. asset that they have. But it's it's just like full circle, this, this Jimmy G, um, you know, kind of drama that came into the season and then how it all played out. And now we're going back. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm almost waiting to see if they make a move on somebody. I mean, I know you have a note there about Baker, but, um, I don't know. I, I guess it's possible. I just, I just think they were, they definitely had something going with Jimmy G. Um, I don't know what to think about the NFC. Honestly, there's so many teams that just do the NFL this season. Well, fair enough, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, the NFC's loaded with them. Like, the Rams, the, I mean, I just, I don't understand what's happening over there, so. The NFC um, South. The whole thing. We're not even going there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think think their defense is good enough that they still could be, you know, top four team in NFC. I just, I don't know. (laughs) Well, what I will say is... All I know is that was a rough week for both those teams between the Dolphins and uh, Niners. That was a rough game on quarterback, so... It was. I don't know. That changes things for both of them a little bit. So, I will say Brock Purdy played very well uh, coming into that game and and leading his team to a win over what everyone thought might be the top team in the AFC in, in Miami. Uh, defense played lights out Tua did not look great uh, looked like he was off pretty much all game so I don't know if that's I mean I don't want to say the defense had everything to do with that because there were plenty of guys open that he just missed didn't look like it well <laughs> he didn't look like the Tua of this year he looked like the Tua no. of the last couple of years um, but Brock Purdy did look did look good in his limited playing time there in in mop-up duty I think he could potentially be an answer but um 
Baker Mayfield just got released by the the Panthers yeah. after being demoted to backup. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors swirling around essentially tying Baker Mayfield to the 49ers. The problem being, I think the 49ers are like 24th in waiver order. So there's a lot of teams in front of them that probably make sense for him to go to. And the Rams are one of them that could grab him just to prevent him from going to the 49ers. So do you think they'll snag him or what? Man, I don't know. Uh, I'm almost going to say no. I think it's going to be... I think it'll be next season before somebody kicks the tires on Baker again, barring some crazy, um, like crazy wild injury, because I don't know that, I don't know that Baker comes in and necessarily is a huge upgrade over Purdy. Like, I don't, I don't think your team is a big upgrade at that point because he's at least had reps and spin in the system. Um, I don't know. I I'm really disappointed in Baker. I thought he was going to play better for Carolina. So I know I wouldn't take a chance on him at this point. I, I mean, I don't think the confidence is there. I don't care at the end of the day whether you're a superstar quarterback or whether you're an average quarterback in the league. I just want somebody behind center that's confident in what they're doing, and yep. I don't think Baker's there right now, and it shows. So me personally, I wouldn't bring him in. So, I mean, I I, I wouldn't think the Niners would. I think they're, they're a smart franchise. Um, they tend to make pretty good moves for the most part. Um, I don't know. I think Baker's done for the year. I I like your point, but <laughs> I do think that's probably the perfect system to, to ease your way into it because they are so run heavy um, and they do a lot of the screen passes, especially with Christian McCaffrey. He's already kind of got that uh, <laughs> rapport with him from being in Carolina with him for a few games at the start yeah. of the season. So I I really think San Francisco might make the move if he's there for the, for them on the claims. Um, even if it, I mean, they I did say Josh Johnson as a backup, which he's already played for them once before. <laughs> that would make them his 14th team, but I think it's his 13th yeah. team still. Uh, so Josh, I guess Johnson, my only point. Sorry, ahead, my, my only point with that though is, I mean, yeah, they are a run-heavy team, but that all that does is reinforce my point in my mind. I mean, I'm, I guarantee Purdy can hand the ball off just as well as Baker Mayfield does. Yeah, <laughs> without, <suppose>. the <laughs> without the drama. Without the drama. I don't know. All right, maybe, maybe you're right. Okay, so I think that's all I had NFL-wise, other than. Uh, Monday Night Football just ended probably 20 minutes ago, and it looks like the Bucks ended up coming back from a 13-point yeah. deficit to beat the Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill dropped a huge uh, third-down conversion to, to make the Saints punt, and they ended up losing that game. So I think that's the first time that Brady has beat the Saints in the regular season with the Bucks. I'm almost he, positive. Was he one and four, or something I think like that. He, no, I think he was. I think he only beat was them in the playoffs. Uh, maybe. Oh, maybe know. that's where that. I thought that was from. the first time regular he's season. beat them in the regular season. But could be wrong might on be that. Right. Either right. way, he has not played very well against. Them. Well, and it's like, who wants to win in the NFC South? Because I think those were the top two teams, and they're four and eight, yeah. and now five and seven. So, 
we may have it or five and six, something like that. We may have a team with a losing <laughs> oh record in that conference making the playoffs. So uh, I think it's um, very likely. And then just the last note I had before we we call it, um, just wanted to mention that the World Cup. USA advanced to the knockout stage for only the seventh time ever, only to yeah. swiftly be knocked out by the Never- Netherlands. Yeah. I think they lost two to nothing, three to nothing, three to one, something like that. I, I don't mean to laugh at this, but the one comment I have to say is it just it made me laugh because all I've heard this year from everybody, I mean, we all know that there was a lot of drama between the men's and women's team and who was good, who was not for a long time. Um, but... I loved it because I kept hearing from everybody. Well, the men's team is finally good. Yep. Which I mean, I realize in this setup, you can be a good team and still get eliminated. I'm not saying that, but it's just funny because I kept hearing it, kept hearing it, kept hearing it. And then we just got unceremoniously knocked right back out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Everyone was getting but, pretty fired up right. after we went to a draw with England and then, yeah. Well, and Yeah. I didn't just show up for not impressed. Well, and it's, I mean, it's just like you could tell how much we care about soccer in, in the fact that it was like, okay, World Cup's over as soon as, <laughs> as soon as we got eliminated. And it was like on to the next thing oh, yeah. immediately. So no one cried. No one really cared. I'm sure their families care and whatnot. But yeah, it's just not, it's not an entertaining <laughs> game to watch. Yeah. So. All right. With that being yeah. said, any closing statements before we um, we call it? Yeah, I have I have one thing. I just wanted to give a shout out. Um, so probably my favorite active uh, Pittsburgh Penguin player, um, uh, just in my especially as in my adult life, is Chris Letang. Um, Tanger is our defenseman. He's the heart and soul of the defense on that team. Um, but unfortunately he has, um, just recently had another stroke. He had one a few years ago and he's my age. Um, so it's, it's pretty terrible. Um, you hate to see it happen. He's in good spirits and this one he saw coming. he, you know, knew his body and was able to get, you know, get help and have it handled. He's, it's not life threatening, but, um, at the end of the day, I just, I wish him the best. I absolutely have loved watching him for the last 17 years um but if it means him never lacing up another skate i just i want the man healthy and uh you know he's a family man whole nine yards but it just it's uh it's eye-opening to see somebody my age that's onto his second stroke and um it's pretty wild man and you know he's a he's a professional athlete tip-top health uh, he does have a heart condition, um, a hole in the side of his heart, but um, pretty crazy, man. I'm just, I'm just happy he's okay and he's doing good. He's, he's back to, um, you know, non-contact skating and things and stuff like that already. He's already working out, but uh, not that you're listening, Tanger, but <laughs> get healthy, man. And you know, I, I absolutely love the guy. It's, it's pretty scary stuff. Beautifully said. And then we'll we'll get to. There's a lot going on in baseball right now with the yeah. um, winter meetings and all that. So when we have more news to share on that, I mean, there's quite a few free agent signings, but I don't really want to go into it just yet. 
so hopefully on the next episode we'll we'll have some more news Definitely. to break down on the on the free agent signings and all that, including the uh, signing of Aaron Judge to your Oakland A's. Uh, and with that we'll we'll call it we'll call it an episode Uh, so thank you guys (laughs) thank you guys for for joining it and commenting along uh, laughing along with us we hope you join on the next one like we said we'll have community spotlights coming up we'll have the uh, Eric Polly end of season episode to follow up Uh, with and, and, and much more coming along so Thank you guys some for tuning in. Some of these comments, and yeah, just thank you, everybody. But some of these comments, I'm just loving. I wished everyone could see them. Yes. Uh, All right. We'll catch you guys next time.